Where do the Vols go, <clears throat> excuse me, without Dante Thornton now? You wrote about that on offthehooksports.com. How disconcerting is this loss? Had I told you three weeks ago, Caleb, you would have said, well, he's just dropping passes anyway. They can find somebody else to drop passes, and you would have been right. But he seemed to have hit a bit of a stride lately. Um, so how big of a blow is this for the Vols? It shouldn't be, but I think it will be. But this puts to test something you told me, you you and I talked about in the offseason, Dave, that you were concerned about Josh Heupel. And it's this. And let me show you where I'm going with this, because I actually thought about this after I wrote my column. So I might actually write another one. Dante Thornton was a transfer, right? Yes. Brew McCoy was a transfer. Yes. Ramel Keaton was part of Jeremy Pruitt's recruiting class. One of the things that we have lamented about Heupel is that he's relied on Jeremy Pruitt recruits and then using some NIL money to just outbid everybody for transfers, but that his own recruits, high school recruits have not panned out yet. Well, if they can't replace Dante Thornton, there's a major red flag about Josh Heupel on the recruiting trail because Tennessee brought in Caleb Webb, who was a four-star in 2022. They brought in, um, Chaz Nimrod, who is a borderline four-star, but was a three-star in 2022, who have both seen some action this year. They brought in Nathan Leacock, who was a four-star in 2023. And Cameron Selden was listed and recruited as a wide receiver in 2023 as a four-star. So if you can't find a replacement for Dante Thornton, then you got to start really questioning Josh Heupel on the recruiting trail and his evaluation of talent. Okay, just and, and people are asking for Selden, too. I We do want to point out, for those that don't know, he, he moved to running back. So we'll see. Um, here's the issue that I have with the way they're handling the receivers. It feels like to me that it worked last year, right? You got stuck on the three guys of Ramel Keaton, Jalen Hyatt, and Brew McCoy because Cedric Tillman got hurt. I know he tried to keep coming back, but that was Brew McCoy's job at that point. And, um, I felt like they settled on those three and nobody else really got playing time significantly. We saw a little bit of squirrel here and there, but we didn't see many more. So philosophically, I want you to know, because you and I have talked about this, we're on the same page. You stick with the main three. But at some point, I think that you have to question whether it's the quarterback position, the receiver position, are, are there enough? Is there enough of a rotation where these guys are getting some key reps during games? And I feel like that now I know Dante Thornton played wide out some, but I feel like Josh Heupel goes in with a plan and is stubborn to that plan. This isn't the only instance where I think he's too stubborn, but this would be the one we're talking about right now. And I think it was Dante Thornton has to play the slot until you're like, well, maybe he does with Brew McCoy being injured, need to play wide out. Is, is should that be a major concern for, for Tennessee fans that they're, that Josh Heupel can be too stubborn, especially with his receiver rotation? I think him being stubborn on, on a macro is a concern. I don't really have a problem with it at the receiver rotation, Dave, because I look back at Tennessee's most successful periods. We always talk, you were covering the team. I actually covered this team as a student, too, at the time. The turnaround from 05 to 06 with Eric Ainge and David Cutcliffe. You know what no one talks about? The big, I think the biggest reason for the turnaround, who called a ball, Dave, outside of Robert Meacham, Jason Swain, or Brett Smith that year. Nobody else really saw reps at all. That was a huge, it was very clear, right? Robert Meacham's your first read. Jason Swain is your complimentary wideout on the other side. And then Brett Smith is your slot. There are no questions asked. Nobody else is getting reps. 
that was probably the most important thing David Cutcliffe did when he returned to Tennessee was shortening the receiver rotation. And I'm, I kind of break with you. I don't believe you give other guys reps. And I think mainly because I covered the Butch Jones years and Butch Jones who started wanting to run the no huddle offense had the philosophy, which is an old school philosophy for new school offenses, which is there's this belief that if you run a no huddle offense, you have to rotate in and out receivers because you got to keep everybody fresh. But if you're rotating in and out receivers, you can't run your tempo. Josh Heifel's big philosophy is no subbing, period. No subbing at all. And right. so I actually think that I don't mind Josh Heifel doing that, honestly. I, I, I kind of like that. Well, Carl says all the talk about his size and speed, you thought they'd have a few plays for him already. Well, I don't think Dante Thornton was ready to play at this level. And, and so I put that more on Dante Thornton. And Caleb, getting to what you said about transfers, I was told that Dante Thornton was clearly the one who was, he was on the prices, right? It was, he was going to the highest bidder. It wasn't about uh good old Rocky top or playing in South Florida for Miami. It wasn't about that. It was the highest bidder. So that to me is a little bit disconcerting, but I do give him credit for getting things on the right path before the injury Last week, uh, Smoky Mountain Red says Josh Heupel has been stubborn a lot this season. Now, this is what um, this is what Caleb was referring to, and that's Elias's comment. Does the hurry up limit our ability to give reps? Yes, it absolutely does, because you only play those three, and then you don't sub throughout that drive. So intrinsically, Josh Heupel's system is going to make it more difficult to get more guys reps at receiver that's just the way things are it is and also it's if you run a lot of receivers a quarterback really gets out of rhythm there is a connection that quarterbacks and receivers have i mean one of the biggest ones for me is when lane kiffin was with um alabama remember how much they shortened the receiver rotation amari cooper was it pretty much yep uh, that first year and lane kiffin has always had kind of the philosophy of really just one receiver that you target for most of the time. I mean, he turned Denarius Moore into an NFL receiver in 2009. And I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about it like that, but now that I recollect, I think you're right. Yeah. So I think Josh Heupel is, I think here's the real question. Did Josh Heupel miss on Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb? Nathan Leacock's a true freshman, but Caleb Webb and Chaz Nimrod are sophomores. Let's be honest. Dave, if you're a C, if you're a receiver, if you can't step in as a sophomore, as a starter, when someone gets hurt, you're not going to make it, right? <laughs> yeah, but here's the reason I have a problem with that goes back to the way he runs his receivers. Are the sophomores ready to step in because they don't get enough practice time or they don't get enough playing time? And I, I look at Chaz Nimrod specifically – and I thought that Chaz Nimrod in his first game out there after or in re uh, replacing Brew McCoy when he got hurt, it was either that game or I think it was the next game, actually, that he looked lost. And then the second game, he didn't look lost. Well, shouldn't you have him ready to not be lost just in case something happens to Brew McCoy? I mean, you and I agree that playing the same, you, you and I agree that playing the same three or the right way to go. But there has to be a happy medium of having guys ready to play when in, an injury happens. And I don't think 
that that was the case this year. I do think it was the case last year because they stumbled on DeBrew McCoy, who a scout told me is the most is the best NFL prospect. So you have the best NFL prospect at one position. Sure, he's going to be able to step in, but I don't think that's happened with Nimrod. I don't think he's been but ready. Nimrod and Webb have clearly gotten enough reps to this point where one of them should be ready to go. And I mean, you know, are you, you saying so? reps with are you saying reps with the first team or just reps in general? I mean, don't you still take reps in practice with the second team? And I mean, like, I, I think like, isn't that always the case with injuries? Like, wasn't Travis Henry taking reps with the second team when Jamal Lewis got hurt? And then he's taking reps with the first team now? I mean, isn't that how that works? Running back's a little bit different because you'll have several guys taking first reps because you don't want to beat them down. But to your point, I think you need to be taking some first team reps as well, not just second team. Don't you? So your philosophy, what you think is you're saying run the same three guys in the game, but during practice, you should run like five or six to get first team reps. That's what you're saying. Well, yes. And I would also say this when, when Tennessee, if, if they hit its apex, by the way, apex, apex apparel, they can outfit your entire corporation. Um, and it's right down below, but when they hit their apex, shouldn't they be okay? Ideal situation. You've got six great receivers. Okay. Or six very good receivers. You play your three, the majority of the first quarter, and into the second quarter, and you've got somewhat of a lead. And then maybe one series, you sub a couple of guys. Haven't been able to do that this quarter. year, though. They can't do it this year. Okay, I'm yeah. talking about at the apex. When 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 they've got, I mean, Nimrod and Webb weren't ready. Which but I think they did that last year. They did that last year, but they were able to get the big leads, and they brought in Squirrel White a lot. So, I mean, the problem is just, the problem comes back to they haven't been able to get those receivers in because until UConn when's the last time they had a game in hand where you could just relax and see the, and also I, I'm going to say here's kind of a hot take. Heupel's not running up the score enough this year. The UConn game, he, he said on that lead because he just wanted to get out of there. He was trying to be classy. I think something humbled him. You keep running your offense when your backups are in the field. I don't that's think it's good. I, it's not, that's not a, I'm going to humiliate you. That's a, my backups are in. It's not my fault you can't stop my backups, but I think it's important to give them valuable reps. Don't just have Nico play for a drive and try to do anything. Keep running them. So I agree with that. I think that's interesting. Uh, scale of one to 10, how big of a loss is Dante? Let me ask you that. Brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. 50 years in East Tennessee. Integrity matters. Don't trust a fly-by-night HVAC company to tell you that you need a new unit. Uh, that could cost thousands or more. I can tell you of a friend of the family already um, worked with City Heating and Air. And now uh, my actual family worked with City Heating and Air. And they hustled up and got things fixed. And at cityheatandair.com, support our sponsor. Scale of 1 to 10, how big of a loss is Dante Thornton right now? I think it's about 7.5 to 8. And the reason I say it's that high is because Dante Thornton was the only white out fast enough to maybe get it to maybe get an open space against George's cornerbacks. A big concern is, you know, the whole read of safety so you can get one-on-one -on -one coverage. I don't think George is scared to play Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. No, no way they're outrunning uh, them. I think it's like an 11 this week, but if you'd asked me three weeks ago, I would have said like a three. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, because of the other injuries uh, or the injury to brew McCoy, because and I hate to say Squirrel White hasn't developed because I look at that slant, and I'm sorry, Joe Milton throws a heavy ball. I mean, none of these receivers are as good as they will be next year because Joe Milton throws a heavy ball. That's a fact. I mean, if you look at the slant, that's a wide-open touchdown against Missouri. 
And Joe Milton tried to throw that ball 180 miles an hour, and it was off off target as well. So I don't want to say Squirrel White hasn't developed because I don't know because they're hamstrung at the quarterback position. Yeah, there, no, I, totally, totally. With and you. I said right. it. I said it in August. Did I not, Caleb? I thought that was an issue. I thought he could come through it. I wanted him to come through it for the betterment of the program, for the betterment of what we do. But it hasn't happened. There's no it's touch. Got two there's weeks no, left. Yeah, there's two weeks left. Yeah, with nothing to play for. There's no throwing with the fingers. It's all arm and shoulder. It's just and and I will say this too. I've had people, I've had people bring up people that would know. As a matter of fact, it was a scout who said that Josh Heupel coaches his quarterbacks to do one thing. And as an overall head-to-toe quarterback coach, there's some concerns there as far as footwork because it's a simple one-read thing, a lot like doing the option. Now, we'll see what Hinton Hooker does in the NFL. He could dismiss a lot of that. But as for now, I think that's a realistic concern.